Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Welcome to me for being back in Secunda. And if you don't know me, then I'm very glad because that means that you have joined this congregation uh, in maybe early January or later. So super welcome to you. Um, stick around. You will love it here. I believe that with all my heart. But just shortly, my wife and I, we came in 2013 to uh, be the first permanent pastors for this congregation but before we came there was already a church and some of the people you know like Estelle that was leading the worship she was here before me and she have remained after me <laughs> um, and uh, Cole is another one that was here before me Liesl, Liesl now who else Estelle who am I missing some things have passed away but his love has stayed the same um, but what I have learned through it all is that there is actually only one important person in this church and his name is Jesus. He's the one that will remain. He's the rock that will remain. And I want to get into some of his examples a bit later in the sermon, but let me just tell you, church is the same in different places. Can I just share that with you guys? Church is the same. We are now back in the Western Cape where we are from. I still have a passion for small groups. I still plant them, try and fix them, try and be in them. I have one, my, uh, one small group myself. Uh, when you guys come here in the winter, it is cold, but it is a sacrifice you make to come together. When we come together at this time, it is wet, and it is a sacrifice to take the children, get them in prams, but it is the sacrifices we make because we are part of a kingdom. A kingdom that advances and triumphs things like cold and wet, right? But it is the same, just in another form. Um, but it's lovely to be here tonight, even if it's on Zoom. And if God willing, and if the leaders of this church thinks it good, then we will be back again in the future sometime. But let me pray, and then I'll get into the message for the evening. Jesus, you are the most important person in this church. You have always been, and you will always remain here. Some disciples will come and stay and build here. Some will come, they will become disciples and be sent out to do it again in another place, maybe colder or wetter, we don't know. But there's one who will remain, and that is Jesus Christ, through his spirit who dwells with us, and we honor you, Tonight, Lord, and we pray that you will do a deep work in our hearts. We pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. The cross in the community, what I want to talk about tonight, purifying hearts for service. In the, I just want to explain a term that I will be using tonight. I'm going to talk a lot about the work of the cross. Um, it 
could be the same expression as saying the work of the Spirit or the work of God in my heart. Uh, there was times in the early church, because the cross was such an explicit thing that was seen, and people knew about crucifix crucifixion, so even if you did not see Jesus on the cross, uh, the whole idea of we knew that person or that you hear that person was crucified would send shivers down your spine because it was a reality back then. And then as the theology of the cross would wash into the hearts and over the church and it had to do with forgiveness and continuing towards the end and a resurrection, a life after death, an expression that people would have is that the cross is at work in me which means God is at work in me. But especially remember, if you talk about tough times, you know, then if you talk about the cross is at work in me, it would mean there is a very difficult thing happening in my life, but I actually think it's God. And I remember the cross of Christ, which was a very difficult thing, but Jesus endured the cross. And so I'm playing with this idea of the cross in the community and the cross being at work in the community. All right. And you can substitute those words at any moment for the Holy Spirit is at work in their community, all right? So just bear with me. I don't want you to cut out little wooden crosses and put it in strategic places in your house because there's no power in an element. It's, it's the idea of the Spirit working in us, all right? The cross in the community. Please read with me. Um, this morning we had a little bit of a lag um, on the screen, not with, not with uh, the audio, but with a visual. But in any case, I'm going to read Mark uh, chapter 10 from verse 33. Jesus saying, see, speaking to his disciples, we are going up to Jerusalem and the son of man will be delivered over to the chief priests and scribes and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles. And they will mock him and spit on him, and flog him, and kill him. And after three days, he will rise. We are talking about the cross. Talking about the cross of Christ. And he is now leaning into the cross that he was called to bear. So, amazingly, on our behalf. Right, so this is the context. Um, guys, this is going to me, happen to me. They're going to kill me. All right? This is what's lying ahead for me and for us. Very next verse. And James and John, sons of Zebedee, came to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. <laughs> okay, so this is a good start. <laughs> and he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit one at your right and one at your left in your glory. And Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, we are able. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And when the ten heard this, they began to be indignant at James and John. And Jesus came to them and said to them, You know that those who are considered the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It speaks about harsh leadership. Now, what we see here is, uh, is something very interesting because 
we, it's not the only time we see this in the gospel. We actually see it in Mark 9 as well. Christ speaking about his cross, and then the disciples soon after that turning to things people want. Hey, can't we sit at your right and at your left hand? And we see this contrast between the king that came down from heaven about to endure the cross on earth and the disciples trying to climb their way up to heaven. And, and, and we, we have to ask ourselves, what do we do with that? I'm on my way to die. Jesus, please do us a favor. Make us famous in your kingdom. That's what we want to be. And uh, the ancient, or the, I guess you can call John Calvin ancient, he was a Protestant preacher and theologian. Um, he comments on this piece of scripture, very insightful. I put it on the screen there, maybe you can see it. This is what Calvin says on this section. He says, this narrative contains a bright mirror of human vanity, for it shows that proper and holy zeal is often accompanied by ambition. Listen very carefully. They who are not satisfied with himself alone, but seek this thing or the other thing apart from him and his promises, wander grievously from the right path. Right. Very important. What this man is saying and what the scripture is telling us is it is time for us to examine our own hearts and we have to do it often. Yes, Lord, I am here to follow only you. I'm here to follow you. Look at me. I'm excited. I'm psyched up. I'm going to join this team. I'm going to join this church. I'm never going to do this again because you are my everything until the first obstacle. I actually thought you're going to give me a seat here. We'll do this thing there. So I'm gone. In the life of a disciple, the cross will get to work in your heart. And here is the work of a cross. It will enter your heart. And it will not stop until you die in an attempt to extinguish and, eliminate, and eliminate every other obstacle that stands in the way between you and Christ so that he could be alone. The cross will not stop. The cross will enter. The spirit will enter. And the spirit will seek for selfish ambitions and will find them. <laughs> And they will come through offenses and misunderstandings and miscommunicated expectations. And these things will pop up until one day only one remains. And I think it's safe to say that oneness will only be complete the day when we enter our glory. We will only have one love. Every other idol will pass. But until that day, be assured the cross will be working in our hearts to eliminate every other competition to Jesus. I just wrote this for us. The cross through training and discipline and surgery makes us more like Jesus. This process is hard for the flesh. Okay? The idea of the cross um, at work in you or the spirit at work in you for a part of us, for the sinful part of us, it's a frightening thing because it means Jesus comes and he will do an uncomfortable work now which we will be very happy for tomorrow but it still makes it uncomfortable now and if we would have to choose the work that God would be allowed to do, we would not choose the things we really want to hold on to and so 
the spirit is sent or the cross gets to work in our hearts. Um, and these are very precious times because it means that we are not alone. And I have come to learn in the last while, sometimes I have wasted time um, worrying about people too much. I should have prayed more because the cross is a better worker in the heart of someone than Werner. He is faithful. And he is doing a great and at times an uncomfortable work in your hearts. It is his promise for us, everyone. His promise is he will not stop. There, there will be times when the work of the cross is not nice to feel, but what he does in the community, only the cross can do. Nothing else. And God has promised he will not leave his church. So guess what? She will become better. And he will be intimately involved in your heart. Let's go on. Jesus goes on. He says, but it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And to give his life a ransom for many. So if you want to take one verse and try and capture what it means to have only one in your heart, take verse 45 and say, uh, for Maria, I, Maria, have not come to be served, but to serve and give my life a ransom for many. If the heart of man is there, the work of the cross is finished. Okay. And so it will continue until Jesus comes back. But this is what the cross sets out to do. Now, I want to I spend some time on this. It's, it's, just, it's just interesting. What Jesus is saying in verse 45, I'm going to spend some time on it. But one of the things he's saying is this. He says, the way to privileged position in God's kingdom is not by grabbing for power, but by giving it up. That's what he's saying. There's a trust there that's, that's frightening. But he's inviting us to that. I want to just park here on Mark 10, 45. I just highlighted the, uh, the first part of the verse and then I'm going to do the second part. I'm going to give you two things that the cross will do in your life. Two things, only two things. There's many more, but this is just one scripture and two things that I hope will land in your heart. And I trust it will give you a lot to meditate on. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. Let's stop there. What, what is Jesus saying to his disciples? He's speaking about himself, but he's dictating to them something. Because he says, follow me. Right. And this is what he's saying. He's saying that the, one of the parts in your heart where the cross will go to war to, is to kill your thirst for a position, number one. The cross will go to war to your need, your thirst, your ambition to be named by a position. All right? 
And sometimes when we hear this, we might respond and say, okay, but then, you know, I'll, 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 just, I'll just hang around and stuff. No, no, that's not, that's not how the Holy Spirit sounds, all right? Because that will be to be paralyzed. So where is this thing about getting up, working for God, having fruit, being productive, obeying Him, but yet laying down this thing of a position? And I think the key has got something to do with this. The believer, where the cross is at work in this area, would say, I will lay down my ambition for a position. But give me an opportunity to serve my king. Any opportunity. So the cross kills position and give rise to the idea, where's, where's the opportunity in the kingdom? I will be there. I know you have gifts. I have gifts. I know what my gifts is. I know God uses me to raise up leaders, plant small groups, plant churches. And what I need to do is I need to preach the word of God. I understand that. What I also did for three years is that all the finances of this church, which I am terrible at, you can ask Anu. I also visited the NetBank branch for three years, which would mean about 150 times I got into the line. It is not a spiritual gift, all right? But he was preparing my heart. The cross was at work, preparing a heart to carry my gifts. I'm, I'm not done, okay? I'm not complete. All I'm saying is there's times when we just respond to a need, and he's busy with our hearts. And there's times when we feel, man, I was born for this. And the one who comes, who's not here to be served, but to serve, he tackles both. All right? And what this does, when, when we get to that place where we, start to be delivered from the idea to have a position, we feel a little bit that we can relate with Jesus who laid down his position to take the lowliest position. And when we close our eyes, we feel close to him. That's a good place to be. The first thing I want to say is that the cross will deliver the idol of position in the community. Okay. The Holy Spirit is here, Right? To kill in this congregation the thirst for positions and to activate a heart for to respond wherever. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. Amen. But he's here and he's already at work and he has been for many years. I'm putting more petrol on the fire, the cross in the community. What about you? Let's look at that for a moment. What about you? There will be functional positions in church, and there should be. The Bible's very clear, appoint elders, appoint leaders. But what the cross does, is it eliminates the idol of needing a position, which then qualifies us to stand in one if need be. Right, so there's a tension there. Let's go on. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. We handle that. We see the death of position there. Okay? And to give his life a ransom for many. And to give his life a ransom for many. Now, it is interesting how much that last part there has caused the gospel to spread all across the world. Not only in the life of Jesus, but in the life of his early followers. 
after the death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus, we enter the time where his apostles was left behind and after them the early church fathers. And it was a time of great riches in the Roman kingdom. It has always been that way. The rich has been rich and the poor was poor and the rich was rich. They were doing their thing. Massive parties, searching for life and love in different ways. And what turned the heart of the Roman community towards Christianity, which got corrupted later again, but there was a mass um, explosion of Christianity in the Roman Empire, was the way in which Christian men and women died. That is what turned the Roman, the early Roman society upside down. These people were looking for life. They were searching for life, for meaning, for joy, for everything. And there was these poor Christians who were killed. But the way in which they died, I'm not saying they never had fear, okay? But the way in which they raised their eyes and which their hearts leaped from earth into eternity showed these people, but these people have more riches than what we have. There must be something here. There was a man called um, Justin Martyr. Um, uh, his, his surname wasn't Martyr, but he's known as Justin Martyr today, the church father. If you, if, you, if you Google church father Justin, you'll get Justin Martyr because he was martyred. He was one of the first ones. He was known as a Christian philosopher. Before that, he was just a philosopher. He was looking for life. And he went to what they would call um, mentors where you become an apprentice. And you'd pay these people a lot of money to walk behind them, to live with them so that they can transfer their knowledge to you. And so Socrates and Plato, these people had their people, they, their apprentices, and they then mentored the next. And Justin Martyr went past a lot of those scholars. And they asked him all his money. They were very expensive, and they could not give him the answer of his heart. And so one day, he sat uh, by the seaside to meditate on some of the questions in his heart, and a poor old man walked up to him and shared him the gospel. They began to talk. And Justin Martyr, Justin Martyr got radically reborn and answered the answers of philosophy which he had with the cross of Christ. He was the first philosopher, some would argue. The man who changed his life was not an apprentice or a student of Plato. They were, they, he did not have a big name. He was a willing man who stepped out one day to see if he can find someone to share the gospel with. He had no position. But there was an opportunity that day for him to walk out of his house and he walked into Justin Martyr, changed his life. The power of a willing heart. Justin Martyr and five of his friends were killed together. They said, do what you will, for we are Christians and we do not sacrifice to idols. They killed them. There was two other people. There was a slave girl, Blandina. She was so small that they had different types of torture that they would put on, on Christians. And each one of the, dif the different types of tortures could kill a grown man. And this slave girl could not die. They bruised her, they broke her, and at the end they fed her to the lions. She, and she just said, I'm a Christian, and what we do is we serve God for the good of the community. And the way these people did not hold on to their lives changed the world and the church exploded. Now, we are not saying, please go and be a martyr. We praise God that this is not where we are at. But there's something we have to grasp here. And I'll put it on the screen for you.
the cross will deliver the community or you from self-preservation and bring you to self-giving. That's the principle. Will deliver you from self-preservation and bring you to self-giving. And right there, right there in the church, you get the death of competition. It's gone. Bah. That's where it dies. When you put together a group of people who say, it is not about me preserving myself. It is about me finding a way to lay down myself and to bring my gifts as a savior. Competition dies. That's what we want. Imagine a world without ugly church splits. <laughs> Rather plant churches. Let's send the people. All right? But most of the problems we get in churches, most of the problems I have in my marriage and you have in yours will be found here, right here. Number one, number two. And the cross is there to help you. <laughs> and all the, all the wives are nudging their husbands. Nah, nah. But it is true. It is here where we find the answer to the things that torment us, that keeps us awake, that cause us to be frustrated. But he said, oh, Paul said, he who started a good work in you will not leave you. He will work tonight again. The Holy Spirit in your heart or the cross at work causing you to remember the price of forgiveness and you will forgive even if it's tough. You'll remember what the king did at the cross, how he laid down his position, his crown. He'd say, position is no longer a matter for me at work. What is important is how I work tomorrow. That is what's important. What is important is that I go to my workplace and I serve those people with my gift. I owe it to my Savior. Whether I get a star or not, that's not up to me. Right? I don't think they give stars at Cecil. I give them in my home. Right? Because it uh, delivers us from a lot of tears if I give my children stars, but it works. I, I think it works for grown-ups also. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. My heart and my prayer is that in this congregation, as people walk together, as disciples build friendships and discover God through the reading of a Bible, through small groups, that we will celebrate the work of the cross in one another's hearts. Let's do that. You know, we, we are being so tempted at this time. It is a time where the information of the world is in our hands, on our phones, and, you know, we, we talk about that country, we talk about this country, we talk about, we talk with our fingers out, and we can lose the ability to talk about talk with our fingers turned in. This is what the cross is doing. We're not even aware. Because we're so busy, we're so fed with all the stuff happening out there and we're forming an opinion because people are talking about that we live like this. Whereas the cross is inviting us to live like this. This is what the cross is doing in my life. And then your friend says, I can actually relate with you because this is what the Holy Spirit is doing in my life. And what do you have now? You have a friend. 
fellowship. God is at work here. And I'm excited to get in my car and uh, go back home knowing it is not I or it's not Brown that needs to be the cross or be the spirit here. But I trust that um, as a congregation, you will make much of the work of the cross in one another's lives. Talk about it, celebrate it, um, uh, make, make a feast around these things because this is very important. Isn't that precious? But he will not leave us. I want to pray for us and then I'm going to give over to Brown. Lord, tonight I'm just reminded of that poem that says, the other gods were strong, but thou hast stumbled to thy throne. As you laid yourself on a cross for us, an example that keeps on blowing thankful hearts away time after time. We are privileged that the same flames that was burning in the heart of Christ comes alight in us and then burns in our hearts also. The cross was not only the cross of Christ, but the cross is also at work in us. So we count ourselves privileged to have a spirit in us working. We are blessed and we thank you for that, Lord. And Lord, I actually pray just where deliverance needs to happen, I pray that your subjects, your disciples, will lay down on the surgical table so that you can open their hearts. Lord, give us the wisdom to know, man, this is not easy, but it is God that is working in me. What a privilege. Lord, give us actually the wisdom to enjoy the work of the cross in us as the cross eliminates all these other lovers in our hearts which causes us to be led astray. Only you can do it. And we ask you to come and do it in our hearts. Amen.